Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the B-Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kautzer, and today we are actually continuing on our one-shots with One-Shot Volume 3. We have a trilogy now. Um, Scott is still away covering the New York Film Festival, Um and so we decided to just uh, do a quick little chat today. Um, I'm not going to really talk a lot about a lot of things. I'm just going to go ahead and just kind of talk to you about a couple of things that um, of note, things that are coming up on the website, like full reviews of things that are coming up on the website, uh, things that we're going to be doing on the uh, on the movie aisle, um, things that we're covering. So just kind of like a, just a mishmash, a goulash or if you're more like me and you grew up in an asian home like a curry uh getting ready for something like all together just meaty and hearty and just a lot of just different flavors and all the awesomeness but first up we're going to talk about a home video release from arrow video that i just recently got through Arrow's just uh, been on this streak recently, and the 25th anniversary edition of Mallrats is no exception. Um, this this bad motherfucker is definitely um, a must-buy, especially if you're a Kevin F- Smith fan. I... I I wonder sometimes, I often wonder, he's a very, like, it's really interesting to me to, to see, like, pop culture landscape and how divisive of a, of, of a figure he is in, um, you know, the, in the community, um, even though, I mean, he's, you know, by far and large, I mean, he's been, he's been here for 30 years, and, I mean, you know, legend doesn't even, like, you know, amount like it doesn't it doesn't even kind of qualify i don't even know what the word would be at this point um i guess legend would be actually uh, like i guess that's a perfect word to some uh like you know to summarize uh his career even though i think that his self-deprecating manner would never allow him to actually say something like that about himself but i mean you know 30 years in the industry um, you know, uh, more than a dozen films, uh, you know, and more importantly, like the pop culture imprint that he's made is, is the biggest thing I, I think that can be said about Smith's illustrious career. Um, I look at it and I just kind of look and wonder, and I feel like this Mallrats edition kind of gives people a lot more context and realization of just how much comic book cult, like how much of a head of the curve smith has always been about like pop culture with comic books and how literally the culture had to catch up with him the pop uh, like you know pop culture in film had to catch up to him and actually kind of surpassed him in a weird way because we've gone so far and so deep into the comic book like this whole comic comic book stratosphere of like like only the biggest budget movies are comic book fucking properties now, but um, Mallrats is like you know Mallrats is a film like I love it like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna 
disparage that movie. I mean, it's something that I've loved since it was initially released on VHS. I did not get to see it in the theater. I think that the first, I think actually the first um, Kevin Smith movie I saw in the theater was Chasing Amy. Though, I mean, I like, you know, Clerks and and Mallrats were VHS staples. Well, actually, uh, it was Laserdisc staples. Like, I recorded my copy of Mallrats off of a Laserdisc, and then uh, Clerks, I actually had the DVD uh, or the Laserdisc of because, I mean, well, uh, because it was, you know, something that you, you know, it had a lot of special features, and it was just, it was like at that time, when it was released, I mean, like, you know, not to get into a Clerks thing, but when it was released, it was it was a groundswell. I mean, it was like one of those things where you watch this and you go, fuck, this guy, Kevin Smith, he just, he understands. Like, he's wildly talented, like, in the way that, like, I mean, you know, like, I remember, like, talking to people about him in, in the same kind of way that, like, Quentin Tarantino was loquacious and his dialogue was so meaty. Like, at that time, Kevin Smith's dialogue was, I mean, and I feel still feel like it is. It's like he's got this verbose, loquacious nature to him that I feel like is often imitated, and I think that Smith gets the shit end of the stick on that. Like, it's like... It's like it's like the multiplicity kind of uh, it's the multiplicity theory of like a copy of a copy. Like if you're making a copy of Kevin Smith's dialogue and then it just it doesn't work. It's a copy like it's just it's it's inferior in every way, shape or form. And I think that a lot of people had had done that or have done that or continue to do that um much to my chagrin just because like kevin smith regardless of like like you know regardless of like what his films have become now which i feel i still feel like he's makes some really he, he makes very entertaining films but like the fact that so many people imitated him and did it a lot less or to a lesser to a lesser degree kind of rubbed off on Smith which I don't get because nobody nobody ever looks at Quentin and looks at his dialogue and goes oh god because like the imitators are the imitators and that's just that's just my kind of theory on it or my little like two cents on it but um this Arrow video uh two disc blu-ray set is fucking just stacked with every like every piece of special feature that was included on the two DVD editions of Mallrats, including the extended cut and the TV cut, but also additionally, um, it has new features on it, such as the um, uh, such as the uh, like. There's a couple of new interviews. Um, it's really kind of just it's heavy duty in like just a lot of great like special features that like like arrow is known for like creating new content but also bringing the archival content back into the loop uh with the uh, with the blu-ray because i feel like oftentimes when we get new editions of um of like you know films that have not previously been on blu-ray or they had blu-ray editions 
I think that one of the things that, re- like, I know one of the things that really annoys me is that not all the special features make the trans transition. What I love about Arrow is that they they work their fucking hardest for for that very thing is that to make sure that all of the special features are transitioned over and you have new ones so you're getting a definitive addition and with mall rats i think that you truly are getting a definitive addition the this um they did a 4k restoration of the theatrical cut and of the extended edition and i can just tell you it looks they're both they both look gorgeous they're just amazing um but for further details on everything and a rundown of all of the special features and a review of those things and the film itself i would just point you to my review that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks or, or not even the next couple of weeks in the next like week or so um i'm just finishing it up but i was so excited about the about the 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 actual discs that I had to talk about them uh, and just kind of get it out there that you definitely should um, purchase this if you are a fan of Mallrats or a Kevin Smith fan. Caitlin was cute, airy, hardly a reason to pop like a zit. What happened? Caitlin exploded. What? Like, like a bomb? No, like a balloon. What? Will I get these back? Do you want these back? When I know it's not going to happen again. Then what's going to happen again? It happened again a lot. Next up, I wanted to talk about a movie that's going to be premiering on VOD. It's already in theaters. Um, I I wanted to like actually talk about this uh, this movie that's coming out called Spontaneous uh, by writer director Brian Duffield. Uh, It was adapted uh, from a from a novel by Aaron Strammer and uh, this movie was a genuine surprise like I really love it when you go in with no expectations of film other than seeing like the cast in a trailer and going okay you know what I you know what I, I'm interested you, you've got me interested with the with with this but knowing nothing else other than that and going into a movie and being genuinely surprised at not just how good the movie is, but how unexpected it is. And that, and that's kind of like my summation about spontaneous or that that's like the, the, the quick synopsis of, of my feelings on spontaneous is that it really genuinely surprised me. And I love that. I mean, like, I think that that's what we all kind of go to films for is like something to genuinely surprise and shock us at, at just how, unexpectedly good it is and you know i mean nobody goes out to make a bad film they just happen i mean you know it's like there's a million choices in a film uh that you know amounts to the film that is made and i'm always delighted and always love to talk about films that i find that like you know truly transcend just like you know transcend either their genre or like your expectations of them and spontaneous does both of those things. Like it, it's like, I've been thinking about it since I saw it and it ultimately kind of like comes back to like the it's, it's a teen film, but it's a teen film in the way that Heather's is a teen film. And I know that I'm invoking a really like heavy duty, like like you know a pillar of the genre but spontaneous is is 
kind of like on that level of like how good it is and how firm it is and and how it stands on its own and how confident it is that's something that i didn't like i i wrote my review and i it's publishing about the time that this is going to be posting or after this has been posted uh but uh like the one thing that i didn't mention was just how confident it is in the movie that it's it is like it knows it knows what it is, it knows what it needs to do, it knows how to get there, and it doesn't it doesn't try to be anything else other than that. And it knows how strong everything like everything that's within that within that house that it's built. And so you get a movie that you know, at first you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then it transmorphs into this movie that you genuinely, like, if you don't know anything about it, like if you've never read the book, um, is genuinely funny in a very dark way, but also, um, very emotional. Like it's got this great love story. That's not, that's not cliched. That's not navel gazing. It's not like you roll your eyes. Um, and it's something also that I did not mention in my review was it's a very timely movie. And maybe that's what hooked me so much is that because of the plot about how it's dealing with this kind of epidemic viral, like conceit, I'm not going to say anything more because I feel like you should actually watch this movie rather than kind of watch the trailer. Like, I mean, I'm giving this one of my higher recommendations because of how good it is and how strong it is. And to allow people to be genuinely surprised by this, the people that have not read the novel, I'm pretty sure that anybody who's read the novel is probably on board to see this, uh, seeing this, but, um, special shout out to, uh, Catherine Langford, who, uh, I mean, B-Movie Podcast people probably know her from, you, you know, Knives Out. But, I mean, she's she's been doing some really solid work. Um, I've heard Cursed is good. Um, I know people love and adore 13 Reasons, and she's in that also. But, I mean, it really feels like she's been working towards something to level her up. And this film, in the best way possible, levels her up. Uh, again, if I was going to make an analogy, like, it really does feel like, like, you know, if, like, we're going to keep with the the Heather's analogy, I have no problems with saying, like, this is kind of like a Winona Ryder-style performance in which, like, she's that good. Langford does stuff in this film that... I don't know if any other actor her age could pull off in the way that she does it because she always remains empathetic. Not sympathetic, but empathetic. And, and like, she does some really questionable things in the film, but it's never at a disservice of the film, and it's never, like, you outright... I hate using the word dislike because I don't mind seeing films where characters are dislike uh, are not likable but i always want them to be relatable and what i feel like is the secret weapon of this movie is is that katherine langford is able to translate what's happening on screen and make it relatable to everybody and considering the fact that a lot of the stuff that it's dealing with is stuff that's very topical for all of us 
Like, it even makes it even more special to watch this because you're looking at her and you're going, yeah, I can see this. I understand this. I understand what this the, this young woman is going through. Um, it's all to say that Spontaneous is a very, very special film. Um, it's well worth looking out, uh, looking for and finding when it premieres on VOD um, October 6th. So you'll have time um if you listen to this later, I mean, you know, go fucking find this movie because it's really good. Like I, I was genuinely shocked because I, I maybe my expectations weren't at a high level. I mean, the reason why I, I request, uh, I went to, I wanted to see it was because of Langford and her work that I've seen that I've been impressed by. Um, and now she's just somebody that I'm on the hook for now. I'm going to go ahead and check out her TV show, and I'm um, just going to be on the watch out for her for her work because, I mean, you know, like I said, she's a, she's a great talent. And I think that the film really definitely shows that. You have a very special nature. One we've worked hard together to unlock. Results are normal. Anything you want to flag? No. No, I'm fine. And finally, the last thing that we're going to be talking about today is Brandon Cronenberg or Brandon Cronenberg's um, film Possessor, uh, or as Neon has released it, Possessor Uncut. And this is just going to be really quick. I'm going to actually ask that you pr- you read my review rather than actually uh, talking about this in full. I, I think that me and Scott have agreed that we do want to talk this we do want to talk about this but I still wanted to get some stuff out there about it because I feel like it just some some things have to be said first off like I what I've noticed in reviews that people have talked about this film they they keep on and here's like I I guess I just have a little bit of umbrage about it is is Brandon being compared to his father um like, I don't think that that's really necessarily the correct way to, like, review things, though. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, if that's the way that you're going to do it with a shortcut, then fine. You can fucking do it. Compare him to his 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 father. But I feel like, like, after watching Antiviral and Possessor, um, especially Possessor, I feel like both of them have though there there may be like echoes and shadows of similarities um and concerns about the world i feel like Cronen, the the cronenbergs like the son like brandon and david are very different filmmakers i i feel like brandon has different concerns and interests than 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 his father, which kind of prompts me to go, why the fuck are we even talking about Cronenberg as like you know as a father, uh, like you know the father and the son, and doing a comparative when you know Cronenberg has been around for forty to fifty years, and um, you know Brandon Cronenberg has barely directed two films. Like, I just don't get it, and I really kind of got annoyed when I started looking, because I was interested, like, after I saw the film, like, the big thing was that I kind of, like, I love about a film that I really kind of, I I end up 
really digging is, is that I love to go around and take a look at different reviews um, and see what other critics are saying about it. And there's a wealth of reviews out there right now because of the fact that the, the movie pre- premiered at Sundance and then there were other screenings and people have been able, like, you know, posting about it. And the thing that I, the, the really big primary thing that I noticed was is that there were a lot of fucking people talking about, you know, Brandon Cronenberg and David Cronenberg and like this this comparative game and it's just like I I got so fucking just annoyed with it because to be perfectly honest like there's no need for it in the critical space like we can have a conversation about it of course but it would like I just don't understand I don't understand it like there's no need to compare them yes they are there are some things that are worth talking about with that. But more often than not, it's it's just about the fact that they're working in horror or they're working in this, like, you know, this weird sub-genre of body horror, even though I really honestly don't feel like Possessor is body horror per se. I feel like it's more about, like, I feel like Possessor is more about capitalism and violence than it is about like body uh, body horror or any kind of issues relating to body horror um and if more people kind of zeroed in on that kind of stuff with the Cronenbergs then maybe I would be more adept or, or I'd be more susceptible to like reading reviews that talked about the Cronenbergs and comparing them but oftentimes it's just about like you know oh well gore this and gore that and the sun da 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 and it just it, i don't know it just doesn't sit well with me um especially because he like you know as a talent like I, what i love about about cronenberg brendan is is that like the the ch- the changes and the growth that I see from antiviral to possessor, because I was not a fan of antiviral like at all. Like it just wasn't a movie that I, I had any kind of attachment to, which just didn't work for me. Um, though that could have changed. I mean, it, it's, it's a very timely topic that it's talking about and it's, it's about, but like at the time it just didn't hit me in any way, shape or form. Um, this, however, Possessor is completely a different story. It really kind of hit me in the sweet spot of what I really love, um, as fi- like like when I'm watching films, what I love. There are certain like fetishes and specifics that I uh, that that I love in film that it feels like Brendan Cronenberg is attracted to and is talking about um and he's doing it in very subtle and interesting ways the way that he's he approaches sci-fi i like our science fiction in in the true sense of how philip k dick wrote about science fiction like wrote about future is what i love about uh brendan cronenberg like he and if you understand, like what I, if you understand that statement, like if, like if you've read enough Philip K. Dick and you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, that's funny. I know it's a funny statement, but it's true. For those that don't, um, Cronenberg doesn't make 
the future that he's presenting this flashy thing, this thing where he like shakes shakes it in front of your face like he was motorboating or something saying this is the future like he's a he's really really subtle about the way that he presents it and i love that i love that there's this quiet confidence to his work that i feel like a lot of the younger filmmakers it takes them three or four films to really get but the great ones it's like it's almost instantaneous. It's like they they need they need one film to kind of feel it out, but then their second film is like a leap forward in a in a true grasping of it. It's like think of Ridley Scott. Like he does the Duelist, which is good, albeit empty. Like it's style. It's like Barry. Like it's like he was a really big fan of Barry Lyndon. Like that's what I always got out of the Duelist. Um, Ridley Scott's first film. But then you watch Alien and you know that's Ridley Scott. That's who Ridley Scott like will eventually build upon and become the uh, like you know the giant of uh, of of cinema on is the is the work in Alien and it's like just this grasp of con- like it's this confidence or like Fincher like, you, you know, and I'm using these kind of specific directors, these visualists as a reference point, because I feel like Cronenberg in his next couple of films is going to become what, like, say, somebody like Fincher or Ridley Scott is, which is a premier visualist. Like, he's working, like, there's this confidence in Possessor that you don't see in a, in most young filmmakers that come out, like, this is his second film and it feels so accomplished. It feels what it feels like is like three degrees different than everybody else and what everybody else is doing. And I know that that doesn't seem like a lot, but three degrees is a difference. Like that's control. Like that's like, I'm going to, I like, there's this, like I said, there's just a confidence of like, I'm going to give you the things that you need in order to dip you into it, I'm going to give you the language that you're used to, but I'm going to skew it just a little bit, just enough to satisfy me and to give you something new. And that's what he does in his film is that um, him and Kareem Hussein, who's his director of photography, really kind of understand that shift, understand that we just need like a three to five percent change and do, they do it just so confidently. I really do love like how they um, how they approach things. And in and in a way, like I know this is going to sound crazy, but in a way that they're, they're it, it it they feel like or or like you know Brendan Cronenberg feels like like in like it feels like his work is feels like in the similar way that Panos Cosmatos's work is. Um, like in Mandy, like how's there, there's this confidence to it and there's a visual style, but the style, like I said, is like three to 5% just skewed perfectly to where you understand it, but you're getting new, like almost like new language, but it's not new language. Um, They're just presenting it in a way that's very different than what we're used to uh and you know possessor is it's 
it's a fucking movie. Like, you know, it, it's, it definitely, I, f- like, what I love about it is that it is going to be so divisive that, that not everybody is going to like it. And the people that do are going to really, really latch on to it. Uh, and I feel like we don't get that too often in cinema anymore. Um, and I really kind of, I'd like to see a shift more towards that, but I know that that's just not going to be the case. So when we do get these these people like Panos Cosmatos and Brandon Cronenberg, and they do end up rising above and giving us something different that we we have to like support them we definitely have to support them and that does it guys uh we'll be back next week uh sorry for the delay that this was posted uh you know on a saturday rather than on a, on a friday or maybe it's going to be posted on friday i have fucking no clue i have to edit this shit um but just been super busy with stuff and didn't get get around to recording um hopefully we have uh, we welcome scott back and we can get back on track but if not uh you'll see another one of these uh four uh one shots the fourth volume with who knows what the fuck we're going to talk about who knows maybe i'll i'll even change it up even more and do another book or because i've been reading a lot of film books or um maybe something altogether different i don't know but where you can find us on the interwebs on social media um twitter and instagram uh the b movie podcasts twitter and instagram handles are b movie pod that's all it is both of them the letter b the word movie the word pod all together no lines no dash no bullshit um you can also uh find the the movie aisle uh our home for the b movie podcast on twitter and instagram the movie aisle that's all one word no lines to dashes no bullshit on that one uh you probably want to stay away like i mean you can always like we are always looking for new followers on twitter but the instagram page is the page that has more content whereas the twitter page is a lot more of a landing page for all of our articles and podcasts so you can all, uh, you can always uh, you know follow both of them if you want to. We'd love that. And then also you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Pod, uh, Google, Google Play. I think I, I'm trying to get Amazon on there now too because they're accepting podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And with with that, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week, and we will talk to you soon.
the girl.